Greetings, listeners. Before I get into the episode, I want to take a moment for a few announcements, the first of which is to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help, P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. I'll make sure that link is also in our show notes. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. A few other quick announcements. Uh, First, uh, this one regards our Patreon and our main feed. So season one episodes will only be available on Patreon beginning August 1st. So if you have not listen to those. You have about a month by the time this episode drops to download the ones you want to listen to or you want to revisit before they will all disappear from the main feed and go to Patreon only. You can, of course, always become a Patreon supporter and listen to them whenever you want, beginning August 1st when they're up there. Also, if you aren't already a Patreon supporter, just so you know, in addition to the season one episodes that will be on Patreon, we also have a BooTube episode, which is a episode where we cover a tv show so so far we've done stuff like steven universe doctor who buffy the vampire slayer what we do in the shadows and plenty more to come even golden girls we did an episode on so definitely uh, check that check out patreon for that and also we have an exclusive movie commentary episode once a month on patreon as well that usually ties in with whatever movies we are covering on the main feed but Even though we're taking some stuff away, we're also giving something back. So we will be remastering our season one Halloween episodes. In season one, like I said, we covered the entire Halloween franchise from the first Halloween in 1978 by John Carpenter all the way up through Halloween Kills uh, by David Gordon Green, which came out last year. So for these episodes, what we've done is these were very early on in our podcast. So the lengths vary wildly. There are some sound and audio issues and other things. So what we're doing in preparation for David Gordon Green's final entry into the Halloween trilogy, Halloween Ends, which comes out this October in 2022, we are going to be releasing a remastered Halloween episode on the main feed and on YouTube simultaneously beginning August 2nd. Every Tuesday, starting on August 2nd, you will get a remastered Halloween episode on the main feed and also on YouTube if you prefer to view it there. These will be trimmed down to one hour. There's remix sound, streamlined. It's a perfect way to revisit the series in preparation for the upcoming film Halloween Ends. I am very much excited for these. I've been putting a lot of work into these over the summer, and I'm just, I think they're a lot of fun. And it'll be a great way to introduce new listeners to the podcast, as well as a way for those of you who've been with us from the beginning to revisit some of these episodes. But the full uncut version of the Halloween episodes, don't fear, are still going to be on Patreon along with the rest of season one. Last Quick thing is a huge thank you to Emily Elizabeth Ewing, who was uh, my co-host for all season long for season three, where we've covered vampires and a 
special thank you to Matt Warfield May, my husband, my edit, the editor for the podcast, the sound guy, all around tech genius and great. And without his support, none of this would be possible. So huge thank you to both of them. And of course, a thank you to all of you listeners. Without further ado, here's our vampire film retrospective. Content warnings for this episode include HIV AIDS, human sexuality, racism, anti-Semitism, and queerphobia. to Horror Nerds at Church, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about what it can teach us about God, the Bible, and each other. My name is Emily, and I am the secret stealth vampire that has been among you the entire time. Ooh, scary. And I'm Pace, and I am very starting to suspect that maybe Vlad the Impaler is his way of saying that he's a top. Ooh. Like we get it, bro. You're a top. <laughs> and my name is Matt, and I took one of my uh, uh, favorite nicknames from my adoring husband and uh, tried to vampireize it. So I came up with Fishy, the Fiscula of Fistula. Adorable. <laughs> Delightful. Not exactly sure what it all means in the sentence, but we'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense i guess i don't know yep yep well this is our vampire film retrospective the last episode of our mini season season three which really didn't turn out to be that many of a season i mean 14 episodes is quite a bit (laughs) so but worth it mostly um (laughs) we'll get into that when we rank the movies but uh anyway we have matt with us for his matt misremember shit so welcome back to the podcast Thank you for having me. It's going to be so fun to be on. What is this podcast again? I already forgot. <laughs> yes. I'm practicing for misremembering. You're do- you're doing a great job so far. <laughs> oh, thank you. And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we were watching Finding Nemo earlier, so he had good oh. practice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, was that with? Uh, who was that with? Yep. I suffer from short-term memory loss. You and Dory. But uh, how have you been? I mean, (laughs) right now the ELCA is having a reckoning, and I'm hoping that it doesn't just end up with one person, but in fact encompasses more than one person. But we'll see. So life has been a bit extra stressful. But also, we just did our pride vigil for diaconia.faith, and that was really powerful and meaningful. And I... Yeah, really appreciated that space. So it has come out now. It's been out for a little bit, but the other thing I guess we should announce though is our upcoming queer preachathon. I don't know oh, if that yeah. is the official name, but that but this episode is coming out very end of June, so I think that should be coming up or already <sighs> happened, maybe even. Yeah, but we'll have more information in the show notes by the time. 
this episode comes out. Yay. Yeah, we'll have it figured out. Or we can like insert a little recording because this episode doesn't come out for a bit. It's true. It I think Queer Preachathon is the general title and Festival of Homoletics is the tagline. Hashtag. Hash brown. <laughs> uh God. Um, what else is going on? Uh, we have Pride merch uh, for both Nerds at Church and Horror Nerds at Church. Um, more keeps kind of popping up as we get more ideas and as much as space as time to get to the store. So I don't know what's up there, but there's a bit and it's fun. And it's a lot of it is very nerdy, which is appropriate for a nerdy podcast. So yes, nerdy and queer. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a fan of that of our merch and I'm really excited because our household is definitely going to like fund our merch store. I love it. Just based on like our purchases, but yeah. Um what, what else about do you, we Matt? Have? Oh How yeah, Matt. Doing? I've been okay. Um let's see, uh recently graduated with master's degree finally, so that's exciting. Ooh. Um in music. So yay mastered and music. Yeah, you did. I, I did. I did something with them. Apparently, yeah, they, they need a new <laughs> title, so it, was, so it could be like Master Matt, as opposed to just plain Matt. But if you say Master Matt, you're referring to someone who is a child, you know, as opposed to an adult. Which so that doesn't make sense for me either, most of the time. And <laughs> ah. because otherwise, because then unless that's just maybe they do it that way, so that if you want an actual title, you have to continue on and get your doctorate so that you can be called dr matt you know and and uh, but then i'll just be the useless kind of doctor so <laughs> um i mean i don't think that you would be the useless kind of doctor i think it depends oh absolutely on... because if you needed <laughs> medical attention i could not help you <laughs> but there's lots of ways to be useful you may be you you may not be very useful in a medical emergency but you are very useful and helping people feel entertained at all sorts of fancy high-class events with your piano playing like you did at the British Embassy. And what else have you done, Mr. Yeah, we don't talk May? about Bruno. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, very useful. Um, What did I want to say? Oh, this is the last episode of our season. I don't think we'll be going too long. My hope is to come back around September. Uh, so stick around to the end of the episode and I'll t- and I'll tell you what the um franchise will be covering even though i'm pretty sure y'all can guess because i haven't really hit it from y'all what i wanted to do next but um yeah but that's that oh well i guess i should also describe what a vampire film retrospective is so last week we had our literature retrospective Uh, we had Paige uh, stauffer on with us and that was great and so this week, uh, we're kind of doing a similar thing, but we're looking at all the films we covered. First, we're going to talk about the non-Twilight vampire films, do a little bit of the vampire lore there. Then we'll talk about our um, Twilight films, talk about the lore there, and then kind of do end with a little bit of a the- theological uh, like big picture, just like what are the things that we kind of touched on this season just to bring up again. And... With that, we have Matt misremember shit, so forgetting all of the stuff, uh, and he's going to try to walk us through the, or roll us through the Twilight films, uh, so that'll be fun. 
considering I, he's seen each film once and he didn't even remember that he has seen each film. <laughs> I, I'm stay, I, I have to stay in character and stay true to my part. I misremember <laughs> everything. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think you had to work at that misremembrance, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair, because, you know, fun fact, everybody, is etch a sketch brain. Do not remember anything the moment I move my head. So it's just gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing when it comes to the Twilight movies. Yeah. But... No, nothing really happened anyway, so. Uh, and then just one note about how we rank the film. So this is... Emily's first time with us for uh, ranking the films on a retrospective, but how it works is we each created our own ranking of the films from worst to best. And so we will take turns naming which film was our least favorite to favorite. We do not get to talk about the film other than just ranking it until we both the film has been mentioned by both of us so um and then we can say a few words about like why we put it where we put it and it's a fun way that uh, several podcasts do this i think the first was james bonding but it's kind of picked up and it's a fun way to kind of go through the rankings and we're going to rank the non-twilight films separately from the twilight films just because i feel like it's it would be unfair to the yeah we'd all know which films would be at the bottom if the twilight films were included so it i mean we probably would still have the same last one the same last one as we do for the non-twilight ones but other than that i imagine it, it would be truth so yeah because i had trouble with some of the non-twilight twilight ones just because i was like these aren't that bad they just aren't my favorite, right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll say, I'll say what we're all thinking, and but no one's saying this. They're not your favorite, but they also weren't very good. <laughs> well, no, the non-Twilight ones. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, those are those are good. Yeah, those are a little harder to for me to rank comparatively because there were different things that I liked about, it, and they're different genres for a lot of them, which yeah. also was like. Okay, how do you compare 30 Days of Night to Hotel Transylvania? Right. Both of them have, like, misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, very different. Very different. Yeah, it's like, true. And, and, like, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the fun thing about doing this um, themed season, I guess. So, I guess our winter season, winter to spring season for now, is going to be themed around a topic. I cannot sure I can call them mini seasons if they're up to 14 episodes. But. <laughs> and then our fall into early winter seasons will be more like traditional franchises. So hearing that here first. But anyway, that, that's, but that was one of the fun things about doing vampires is just realizing like how diverse of a film genre it is and how it transcends genres. So, um, I guess we'll start with ranking the non-Twilight films. So these are in order of the films that we have watched uh, that came out were Dracula, Daughters of Darkness, The Passion of the Christ, Interview with the Vampire, Blade, Hotel Transylvania, and 30 Days of Night. (sighs) What was your least favorite? Number seven of those for you. My least favorite was Passion of the Christ. Yeah, my least favorite was Passion of the Christ. 
What a surprise. You gave it a negative one, and I gave it a two when we rated it. Why did this one get rated so low for you? It was awful. Um, <laughs> it it was like it it was physically disturbing to the point of making me like nauseous. It was so full of anti-Semitism, so full of gore for the purpose of making the viewer feel like shit about themselves. Yeah, and it was not even biblically accurate like the bible has diverse accounts it was not biblically accurate to any of the accounts of what actually like was described as happening it's just like it was pure anti-semitic propaganda yeah and i just for me it's similar i think it was just um a film that i never hope to see again and like so that can't get much worse than that in Pace's opinion because I watch most film films at least twice but this one I'm like I'm good never again yeah I mean I've now seen it at least twice but I think I've seen it total three times but yeah more than enough uh okay what is number six for you then um yes so I did I did 30 days of night number six for me i did hotel transylvania and i think we can both say at this point that everything at this point on we probably both enjoyed so i'll Mm -hmm. just leave it at that it's just you have to kind of pick between the ones that you enjoyed to the ones that are like really good so number five i definitely enjoyed all of them from here up number five daughters of darkness the lesbian Ooh, movie that it. is as slow as it. Sorry, we're not saying it yet. Okay. Yes, can't quite say it yet. Um, but yep, number five though for me, Thirty Days of Night, which means we can now talk about it. Mm. What did you think of this one? Um, it was not bad. I did not watch it like at night by myself, which helped. Um, but it was, and it was, yeah. So it was one of my first horror movies as an adult um and i don't know it was fun josh hartnett was in it and he has like nostalgia queer kid crushing on a person who looks really queer for me so but yeah well i guess that's 30 days of night for me i feel like it was a fun if it had this it had this aesthetic of like rural living where i imagine like there's one of my um i'll just say my uh our our friend brian it uh it has this aesthetic of like that he came from montana there's this aesthetic of last of this alaskan town of just this real rural Mm. rugged like and in that queer amazing way so yeah that's why i put it where i put it gotcha that probably made no sense, but no, I could, I could see that. Yeah, it does have that kind of a feel to it. Guess that means we are on number four. Yes, I placed Hotel Transylvania at number four, which now we can talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we talking about that, or are we talking about what you placed at number four? First, we uh, well, we named Hotel Transylvania, so we talk about this one first. So, 
And then you rank yours? Okay. Yep. So I'll get it by uh, the time we're done with this. Don't worry. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Hotel Transylvania, though, adorable. I put it as my least favorite just because, like, out of the films that I got enjoyment from, I got the least amount of enjoyment from that one because it's not my kids' movies like that are cute and fun. Uh, not my jam compared to some of the other ones as a horror mm. fan and all the other things. So that's a, that's the only reason I put it there. But still, great film. Uh, very funny. Yeah. A little problematic, but all the ones we watched this season were. so Yeah. I was going to say, it's slightly suspicious to me that cute kid films are not your jam based on <laughs> what we have watched together on Disney+. Plus. Compared to number two. Compared to horror fa- films, I have to say. Right. That's like my super genre is horror. Okay. I feel like Hotel Transylvania would be perfect then because it's like a combination of horror genre and kids movie. Fair. I mean, like Vampirina. Hello. Yes. Vampirina is is adorable. Which is not getting ranked on this, which is sad. That's okay. It'll come (laughs) up later. Sadly, we don't rank the Patreon um, releases, but we do have some amazing... Uh, films and tv shows and stuff on patreon so y'all should definitely subscribe yes and we'll refer to them a little bit in our vampire lore segment um i i put hotel transylvania this i um because i thought it was really cute and i really liked the flipping who the good guys and the bad guys are like i liked the framing of humans as I, I like those stories because we frequently are actually the evil characters in the world and in the universe um, in like the reality we exist in anyways. Um, but also like the patriarchy, misogyny, problematic stuff that, as you said, comes with all of the movies that we watched basically. Yeah. And also there's that force thing of like, Oh, so the um, marginalized person has to get over their prejudice of the um, people who did the marginalization to them. Like that is another reason why I'm like, eh, not my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. We get enough of that. It's true. Yeah. Um, I guess we're up to my number four though, which is daughters of darkness, which now we can talk about, which is of course the, movie that is in fact a sapphic vampire movie that moves about as slowly as most sapphic romances before they get to the point where both people have actually like realized that they like each other and admitted it to each other yeah so it's that that long slow like year of slow burn is this is this flirting is this a date (sighs) what is this yeah that's that's how i characterize that movie i it it's a movie for sure i i still love it it's campy it's weird mm-hmm. um and so like it has a special place in my heart i know both you and brenda were not as impressed with it which is absolutely fair i still liked it right like yeah it's, yeah it's still up there it just the thing that stuck with me afterwards which is why it's ranked where it's ranked was how slow moving it was yeah but for me i mean that silver dress is just like oh god it's so gorgeous <laughs> like that alone puts it up to what am i what am i on number four yeah number yeah four, so <laughs> uh, number three though um number three i put dracula interesting 
I put Blade. Number two. Number two, I put Interview with a Vampire. And I put Dracula, which means we can talk about it. Um, I mean, it's, it is a classic, right? So it has to be at least in the top five, which is not, doesn't really say much because there's only seven movies, but uh, that we watched, but, um, it's, it's a classic. It also was pretty confusing to me as I've been listening through the audiobook. There are some things that are less confusing and honestly, some things that are more confusing about it. Um, but yeah. That's why I kind of placed it where I did. For me, I think it's like the book and the film just have a special nostalgic place for me and the level of like it set the tone with queer the queer take on vampires of the them being these very eccentric queer coded kind of people in a almost anti-hero sort of way all comes from the book all comes from this adaptation so for me it's just i rank it very high for those reasons even though like it is it didn't feel very anti-hero to me well yeah i mean but there there are a few places like with the villagers like we were kind of like Mm. you're led to kind of side with dracula there and it's just so so it's like problematized but not are you is it intentional or not i don't know probably yeah. not but um yeah that's where i put it number two for me what is your favorite film of the season though blade awesome uh I, so now we can talk about it yeah yeah i really liked blade i missed blade in i was a little bit late to the marvel cinematic universe i was a, an x-men kid um and not a comic book kid so x-men movies but not marvel cinematic universe movies um so i just like i hadn't heard of blade until we were watching it for this and and then the combination of like watching a good marvel cinematic universe movie with a black protagonist was like great and then being able like the conversation that we had with lenny duncan about it was just like a fantastic conversation to explore particularly from a kid who did grow up with Blade, right? Like Lenny knew Blade so well. So it was just, yeah, it was a fun conversation after, which helped. Yeah, it really was. I, this one I ranked in my top three, like basically all these three movies are, is like splitting hairs because I love all of them so much, but Blade, fantastic. Wesley Snipes is so amazing in that film and just how it set the aesthetic for like, the matrix and superhero films to come just was Mm -hmm. groundbreaking and pretty awesome. Yeah. And you know, here's a promo for joining our Patreon because blade two is a watch along movie commentary. So definitely check it out. Yep. And maybe, uh, I shouldn't, I, I, I can quick say, uh, I should have said this in announcements that if you're a Patreon supporter, you get, to hear Emily and Susanna, friend of the podcast, uh, do a few watch alongs and boot tubes over the summer for us. So it's going to be mm-hmm. really fun. And I was thinking yeah. it might be fun for y'all to do Blade 3. I'm good not watching that one with you because I hate that movie, <laughs> but <laughs> oh. it might be one for you to consider. <laughs> we'll consider it. But I think we have a lot of like really great options because I also, 
Well, we've already done the Buffy movie, right? Y'all did that yeah. last year. Okay. We have a few options, so we'll see. Because awesome. also there's Hotel Transylvania, too. Yep. All the way up through four, there's four of those ones. Exactly. And those I've heard don't get terrible at number three. Number four wasn't fun, but eh. yeah. it, was, it was just blah. It was blah, 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 or whatever he says. Blah, blah. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess to number one, though, for me was Interview with a Vampire. So we can talk about this one. Yeah. This one has such a profound profound effect on my childhood as a queer mm. person. Like, I just can't separate it from that. It's a very hella gay movie. Probably the first, like, hella gay piece of cinema I saw um because it came out in 94 and so like right around like when i was 9 10 is probably when i first saw it so anyway mm -hmm. just that's why it's up there but like i said blade dracula interview with the vampire all about the same for me yeah i enjoyed interview with the vampire obviously it got second place um i it it was just like so much toxic gay men that there was just like a slight limit on how much I can handle. Um, Absolutely fair. So it was, it was good though. It's cute. And I like, it intrigued me enough to like stay interested. And if I had had more time, like read the book or something. Yeah. Oh, another one for y'all to, y'all already have way too much, but uh, Queen of the Damned, which is the really bad sequel film to it with Aaliyah, <laughs> who's really the only part about that movie that's to be enjoyed. But anyway. Maybe. Queen of the Damned. You'll yep. have to remind me. I will. I was originally going to do that as one of the um, watch-alongs this season, but then I decided I didn't uh, really want to sit through it. But See, I'm pounding off all the ones I didn't want to sit through to you. Hmm. I'm kidding, though, but I think they're fun. I think they're fun. It's just, do I want to see it again? Nah. See, but do you want to see it again with me? Yes, that would be a fun. Different question. That's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. um let's see do you have like any favorite kill or uh from overall in any of the movies we saw huh. or if a kill's not coming to you like moment or something could be anything really i always love sunrises so i do love that moment in hotel transylvania where they're like standing on the roof watching the sunrise oh, and i could totally yeah. like see myself doing that um and in terms of kill and that happens in 30 days of night vampire movies are great for like sunrise <laughs> stuff because that happens in 30 days of night that's how josh yeah. hartnett's character dies um and then and even an interview has that scene and of him in the in movie the movie theater. theater seeing um the sunrise but otherwise i think i don't i should have got like gone back through next year <laughs> <laughs> when we're doing this i'll keep track i'll type out what my favorite kills are so it'll remind me but um yeah i think my favorite moments were the sun rises um and there weren't i keep like, like i keep scrolling back up to passion of the christ and being like there are so many things that died during that movie <laughs> i know i was almost thinking i could say that something from that movie for my favorite kill too but but then I was like, I don't even know, like, right. the creepy, creepy Antichrist baby thing. Yeah. Like, 
my a piece of my soul died during it. <laughs> right. Um. <sighs> yeah, I do like that they killed the guy in Daughters of Darkness. I guess I I throw that. Yeah, kill. that was gonna be my favorite kill because when when he, they like put that weird bowl on his head and it breaks and they like both feed out of his arms. It's just like such a weird. It's like yeah. okay, I love it. Yep. And like the brightest red blood that is not at all the color of blood. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, the blood, the blood. Yep. Um I guess one quick question uh is do we have are there any vampire movies that you have seen or perhaps that you have would have wanted to see for the season that we didn't get a chance to cover? Uh anything that you think was missing from our canon of vampires? Yeah. I mean, we we wanted to watch the Spanish language Dracula and didn't get to watch it. And I'm Definitely. a bit bummed about that because I love Spanish. Um, yep. But one of the shows that I thought about was Supernatural. Mm. Um, but most of, most of my like, oh, I should check this out before we get to the retrospective were like books. Yeah. And so <laughs> not quite. I am I am excited to because we haven't recorded Blade Two yet, our movie commentary on Blade Two. I'm excited to to watch that and to watch some more of Hotel Transylvania because it seems cute. Yeah, I um I guess there there's a few that I was thinking about including one would have been Fright Night, uh, but of course didn't get to that one and Salem's Lot, which is we talked about in the retrospective the book Salem's Lot, Lot, but didn't cover any of the movies but there's an upcoming movie um based on salem's lot uh or maybe it's a mini season um but it's upcoming so I'm, maybe we'll do that in a future season mm. uh there's also we didn't talk about this at all but there was a vampire film that it came out in theaters while we were recording the season which was the awful morpheus movie or morph was that what is it called i think it's morpheus it's the one with jared leto as a vampire I don't. Morbius. I don't know when you That's say Morpheus. Morpheus. I... Oh, okay, I was like, when you say Morpheus, I just think of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, Morbius with Jared Leto. Um, I haven't heard of that one. But... It's based in, off a of Marvel Spider-Man villain. It's Sony, so it's mm. not officially Marvel's Cinematic Universe, uh, but it's huh. it got awful reviews, and I'm glad <laughs> we didn't cover it. <laughs> so. We might in a oh, future season. If if you think, and I, listeners, of course, if you think there's any vampire f- films that we should have covered that we didn't, let us know because we we would be glad to revisit vampires in a future yes. uh, themed season. It is highly likely that we will be doing that. And if nothing else, we might do a movie commentary on them and then you get to yep. hear our movie commentary while you watch. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, Underworld is a series I was talk. I've been talking about also vampires versus werewolves, so that'd be fun to be kind of like a core of a season. I don't know, we'll see. Um, but next, we 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 already can share this, I think, because we're so both excited. But so season four is going to be in the fall, but season five we already planned a mini season, and we want to do it on ghosts, which I think is going to be amazing. I'm super excited about it. In- Ghostbusters is what we're pretty sure we're gonna go through. Yes. Maybe Poltergeist too, or I don't know. We'll figure it out. I think based on 
our Twilight film mini series. That if we want it to be a mini series, we should just pick one. But That's I do think fair. there are a bunch of Ghostbuster like there's a lot of fun that we could have with yeah. Ghostbusters and other ghost movies. For sure. So I'm agree. angling for Ghostbusters. We'll see how yep. that. Yep, and definitely we're going to include Casper the Friendly Ghost because we just have to at this point. Yes. We've promised it since season one of the podcast, so it just needs to come. Yes, oh. I'm super excited about Casper. I haven't seen Casper since I was a kid. <laughs> it still holds up. It's pretty fun. Uh, Matt and I watch it about like once a year because it's adorable. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, now you came up with a game here to kind of go through the vampire lore. I'm excited. Please explain it to us and our audience. Okay. So we've been keeping track of our vampire lore throughout the season. I, in particular, have been keeping track. And we have a section in each of our episodes about the specific film's vampire lore. And there's a little bit where, like, we don't always say, we don't always touch on all of the areas or we don't always do it in order but we do talk about it and so this game is based on the notes that we took while like for the episode on a particular movie pace has to guess which movie (laughs) i'm talking about i am nervous but excited i think i can do it and matt you'll have to help too because you've seen most Ooh, of these. Pace misremembers stuff. Finally, finally, <laughs> once in my life, the husband will forget something and will get it I wrong it. and I will win. Finally, it's only been over 10 years. I will finally <laughs> remember something that they don't. Yes. Bring it. I love it. I and, love this game. I mean, to be fair, this one is like you're remembering something that we said. So presumably you may have heard it in editing more than one time. But I did take a little bit of pity because I didn't prep you for this at all. Um, (laughs) I did take pity and I put the names of the films and shows that we used in the, in a list. So you can see the options. Um, Okay. The first one is in respect to appearance, they don't age. There's no reflection in the compact mirror, perhaps, but there is a reflection later during the palm reading. They must drink blood to live. They disappear into hotel rooms during the day. Sunlight is bad and painful. Running water is maybe bad? (laughs) Is it real? Is it just Alona? A silver razor? Stunning clothing. They have to be bit? They have to die at night? question mark palm reading (laughs) do they entrance people because they're vampires or because they're sexy (laughs) i mean that's all vampires really but yeah (laughs) and finally super strength enough to break a glass bowl that is of course daughters of darkness yes i love that movie (laughs) well done well done i just have to like cross it off so i know which ones you're done yep Ah. yep if you do that, then they're absolutely going to get the last question correct because there will only be one possible choice. Let no, them think it's one of those guess... goofy multiple choice. What? If they guess wrong. <laughs> okay, I won't I won't cross it off on this one. I'll just cross it off on okay. the one that I have. So. 
See, this is goofy multiple choice tests as a child where it could be both A and B. I used to love those magic problems. Those were so much fun. Trying to make it more difficult. But I I feel like I feel like pace is up to the challenge for this. So you might need to do not need to give me any extra help or hint uh for I can get I'm pretty sure I can do it. Oh, we will not help you. This is all on your own. Remember, my only hint is it's the answer is always D, all of the above. It's not, (laughs) but pretend that it is and answer that all the time. (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh. The next movie. Different appearances for each genre. They can turn into dogs. Transformation comes through the exchange of blood. They can float. They can't touch silver. No reflection. Hypnotism. They could change into any animal. Defeat or humiliation impairs them. Their power is connected to confidence. No superhuman strength. Their eyes bleed during transition. There's animosity with werewolves. And they change with strong emotion or anger. They can be in pictures. Vampires hiss. They have bats and bat fights. They can't eat human food, only blood. Sunlight kills, kind of slowly, maybe? Crucifix is bad. Blood keeps them from aging. And they have a dead heart, but still feelings and emotions. Well, I really don't know this one. Hmm. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, then share, Matt, you if really? you know one. I'm not playing this game. I'm just here on the sideline laughing my silliness out because uh, you are oh. you don't know you don't know the answer. So I'm gonna say nothing. I feel like I feel like I, I feel like I figured this out because th- this is a little bit of a trick question because we added one from Patreon. I think this has to be what we do in the shadows. It is what we do in the shadows. We have two Patreon things <sighs> in here. Right. Don't give any hints. Don't give any hints. There's a reason why this person gets, you know, knows everything. They get, all, they have never guessed a Christmas gift wrong in their entire life. They're I not going to lose. Don't give any more hints. I have it's like not... deleted even the cheat. Like these are the <laughs> options. So, oh gosh, <laughs> we're working on it. Okay, ready. This is the person yes. you're going to say. You're going to say blue. And then they're going to name the movie and get it right. (laughs) I mean, that would be kind of easy. But yeah, Um, (laughs) Matt, was was what we do in the shadows your guess? I didn't have to answer, so I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Sounds like Matt. (laughs) I know. I was like, this is not a court of law. So pleading the fifth does not, (laughs) does have implications there. Right. Oh, I didn't plead the fifth. I said, I said that since someone already answered it correctly, I don't have to give my answer. Because no matter uh-huh. what I say at this point, you won't believe me. I mean, I would believe you if you told us that you were wrong. <laughs> That's my point. And scene. <laughs> I also probably up until this point would have believed you if you said, yeah, that's what I thought it was. But Pace my though. I don't know. I fooled you too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In this movie, fangs are always there based on Lugosi's Dracula in 31. Doesn't seem like you must drink blood to live. There's worm pancakes. Human blood is so fatty, you never know where it's been. But Mm -hmm. you can use blood substitutes like blood beaters. 
Also, there's a progression from mosquitoes to frogs and mice in consumption. Sunlight is painful, but does not seem to be lethal, at least not right away. Um, they're allergic to garlic. Their throat kind of swells. And a wood stake to the heart. Who wouldn't that kill? <laughs> also, fire. But there were also... But also fire, but what were the lamps at the hotel made of? Some items of clothes stay when transforming into a bat, like a Hawaiian shirt, but most don't. Weird. Presumably there are bodily fluids since they can have kids. You can become a vampire or be born a vampire. On the question of if they are damned, good question. Someone on the podcast was reading Discovery of Witches, and the main vampire is Christian, just as they were in the pre-vampire days. So, who knows about that? As to, do they have souls? What is a soul? <laughs> they can turn into bats, walk on walls, hypnotism, though it doesn't work through contact lenses, but does work through airplane glass, telekinesis, super speed, even when flying, and 118 is the legal adult is the age for a legal adult and old enough to drive a hearse. And they have human lore that humans want to bite toes and steal candy. That is Hotel Transylvania. Adorable movie. Indeed. Well done. Matt, do you want to say... I'm kidding. <laughs> I was... <clears throat> I'm reserving my next comment to myself the next <laughs> one i say after that is when you said when you were saying that is saying that the little kids eat candy or steal candy and and um and bite toes or something like that and mm -hmm. i was thinking to myself that sounds like halloween on any given year and you know <laughs> in real life it's true yep. it's true it does we sadly did not cover the halloween season the halloween series this season but we definitely did for our first season Mm -hmm. And you can see, yeah, and Halloween too, of course, has that weird gross scene with the kid who bites into a razor blade on Halloween, which is, is arguably, it's more scary that their town that's putting razor blades and apples and there is that then Michael Myers is out there like chasing down people like what kind of town is it where people give out razor bladed apples? I mean, that's like I grew up and you always had to get your candy and everything checked because what if somebody put something untoward in your thing? Um, okay. Um, our next one is they have long fingernails, pale skin, bright eyes, and fangs? Kind of? Only sometimes? Do their fangs keep people from feeling the pain of the bite or is everyone just that into pain <laughs> yes i think they can they can see their reflection in mirrors didn't one of them look in a mirror with no problems at one point they must drink blood to live but it can be animal animal blood they sleep during the day typically in coffins to keep light shut out but sleep is not like the dead Sunlight is lethal to the average vampire. More on that in books. Turns them to stone, repelling them. Only fire. As to crucifixes, garlics, wolfbane, Louis was like, 
oh yeah all of that is nonsense <laughs> i mean you just also gave his name away it's not my fault it's in the notes <laughs> but, <laughs> but did you this, know before I, that yes i can tell you exactly where i got this when you finish okay really early on okay i i i suspect <laughs> uh-huh. that you'll get most of these <laughs> um for bodily fluids only blood in the lore of the books but in this movie we see louis cry water tears but it's rare um to become a vampire you're drained within an inch of death by of your you're drained of your blood within an inch of death then given blood of the vampire and orgasms into vampirism <laughs> um oh, they dear. may or may not be damned louis armand and lestat talk about this a lot <laughs> do they have souls see above superpowers yes each one's quote-unquote dark gift is unique and we have seen flights superior strength superhuman speed psychic abilities walking on walls and ceiling and more um fire is harmful but not lethal lethal unless it's fire and dismemberment at the same time maybe or is lestat just that good that he survives fire sunlight is lethal drinking blood of a dead human seems to be harmful but not lethal Drugged blood can drug the vampire. Um, vampire law, you can't make them as children who cannot survive alone because they stay the emotional mm-hmm. age they were when they were turned. Yeah. Interview with vampire. And I figured it out as soon as you asked, like, do they not feel the pain of the bite or is just everyone really into pain? I'm like, oh, yes. I am picturing Lestat chewing that woman's nipple, like legit making it bleed. So yeah love it yeah okay next one their appearance is pale cold bags under their eyes light blue skin black gray hair (laughs) know this one now too but continue (laughs) um mirrors in the house the camera works to take their picture um as to drinking blood to live they consume blood oranges, old eggs, scareberries, moonbeam milk. They are really sensitive to sunlight and use a special sunscreen during the day and then use a sun lamp in order to sleep at night. Um, garlic maybe can repel them? Not crucifixes, though. They can cry water tears and they can turn into a bat and fly. They have super speed. They can jump high. They are very strong and maybe healing, and they can grow up to have kids. Whoa, vampirina. (laughs) I totally did not sing that well, which is good because then we can't get in trouble for copyright if that sounds nothing like the original work. (laughs) But yes, vampirina. Yes, vampirina (laughs) indeed. Um, Yes, which is. I think the only vampires we saw with blue skin this season. It's true. It's true. Um, we didn't and, watch Avatar. <laughs> ugh. Yeah. And that's a Patreon episode for folks. A teaser Patreon episode. Um, okay. This one is out of order. But um, therianthropy. They can change into other animals, particularly bats and wolves. They do not appear in mirrors. There's no reflection. They must drink blood to live. Have long fingernails, scared of crucifixes, wolf spane, and garlic can like ward them off, maybe? 
Sunlight is lethal, or at least they can only live at night. They must sleep in the earth of their burial place. Um, what about clothes? Do vampires not sweat? Hypnotism and nonverbal communication or telepathy. Also, maybe they can communicate with animals. To turn into a vampire, their blood needs to, quote-unquote, flow through their veins, apparently, and they need to die by night. They can be destined to be a vampire through the blood swap while they're alive, and then as long as they die by night, they'll become a vampire. And they are damned. Pretty sure that's Dracula. Yes. The one thing that I did leave out was the must sleep in the earth of their burial place leading Dracula to travel with boxes of dirt. Yeah. That that seemed like an extra, extra obvious one. Yeah. So, um, all right. We have three more, I believe. Okay. They have weird teeth. That's how they know it's happening. Long fingernails and black irises. They're very messy when they eat and shake their heads around unnecessarily. They, sunlight is deadly and it burns you up kind of way. Deadly in a burns you up kind of way, sorry. Uh, But not immediately bursting into flame, including UV light. And eventually it turns you to ash. You can't become a vampire if you are decapitated. Your teeth change and you get thirsty for blood. You change when you're bit or when you inject yourself with blood of someone who was bit. And it's painful. Uh, superpowers might be might include speed, heightened hearing, or smell. They die by decapitation or burned up by the sun or UV light. They have servants. Dogs maybe can sense them. They can enter homes uninvited. They make a screeching noise. Vampire kids are creepy. They're <laughs> much more animalistic and they have their own language. 30 days a night. Indeed. Indeed. That one I got from the black irises. I think that's the only one that they have black irises. I was thinking you would get it from the messy eating where they shake their heads around a lot because that was Yeah, that too, for sure. Although they also are messy eaters in what we do in the shadows. Mm, True, but they didn't do the shake their heads. They were messy in the... They don't know how to drink. (laughs) All right. Two more. They have fangs when they are ready to eat or aroused. They're or they're angry. They can make their nails sharp. They must drink blood to live unless they have a serum. If there's a daywalker, the implication is that nobody else is awake during the day. But also sunblock works. Sunlight and UV rays are bad, but not immediate death. Silver repels them, sunlight UV rays repel them, stakes repel them, crosses are pointless because no one believes in it, silver garlic mace serum works, in order to become a vampire, a pure blood is born, and someone who who is turned becomes a vampire, their superpowers include regeneration or healing, fancy flying gymnastics-y things, like the Matrix before the Matrix. Mm. Blade. Yes. And now the final one has very few clues. So good luck. Hmm. Pale, fangs, 
pointy ears walks around at night. I think I know it from that already. Is that it too? Yep. That's Nosferatu. Yes. Well done. I wasn't sure if you would get it because it was a Patreon one and not a regular one. I don't one. think we saw any other one that had pointy ears for vampires, except That's for what true. we do in the shadows, but we already named that one. So. Yeah. And we like went into detail about the anti-Semitic yeah, stuff definitely. for Nosferatu. So, well done, Pace. I don't know how Yay. many there were, but you got 100%. <laughs> and I'm sure, Matt, that you got all of those as well. I did. And I also told you so that Pace is going to get them all right. So what you should just, <laughs> the, the way to play games like this with Pace is to say question number one and then pause and then say, what is the answer? <laughs> I still think Pace would get that if you were the one posing the questions, Matt. Probably. <laughs> Probably. With Matt. Pace. For, here's here's your first question. Think of what I what 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 is the answer to the first question? I don't know the, what to eat. <laughs> yes, that obviously. Uh, you said <laughs> <laughs> that. Yes. That and also it's time for Matt misremember shit. Speaking of misremembering, do do do. <laughs> Yay, that was gorgeous. So Thank this you. one, there's five Twilight films. I'll say the name <laughs> of a movie. Should I say the names out of order, or is that too difficult? Oh, I don't think it's going to matter. Don't don't make it too difficult for Matt. Okay. So then Twilight. Oh, I don't think it's going to matter either way. In one sentence, what happened in Twilight? Or if you can remember a scene or anything. Absolutely nothing worthwhile. But a lot of drama. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Okay. If this becomes the answer, that's what you told me to say. (laughs) But also, if that becomes the, you'll need to at least give one identifying detail to make it distinct from the other films for each one. Okay, it had the. Okay, fine. It had (laughs) the one character that um, everyone associates with Twilight that he walks around with a shirt off all the time. Cool. That turns into like a, a wolf of some sort. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So then what happens sure. in the second one, New Moon? Uh, more of the same people. A lot of, like, teeny bopper drama. And there's a woods. And more <laughs> of the really same is. person's friends. That's actually really accurate. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. in the third one, Eclipse? Uh... There was an eclipse of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Total eclipse of the heart. No, of the moon. Yeah, I, sure. know, I know my music. I know my music, Mr. Theologian. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything that happened in this one? Aside from an eclipse? Uh, more, more teeny bopper drama. People die. More rules more about... Die. More rules about... Um, about uh, who's who the people are allowed to um, attack and who they're not. Mm, okay. Okay. Cool. Um. Next, we have Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One. Uh, this is when the sun comes up the next day. <laughs> <laughs> As the twilight breaks the dawn. Beautiful. <laughs> Do you remember anything Thank that you. happened in the movie? Sun came up. 
<laughs> cool. And the vampires died. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. You, <laughs> you do know we're talking about the Twilight franchise, right? Bella, Edward, <laughs> the sparkly vampires. Yeah. Jacob. Okay. Yes. As opposed to another so Twilight then, movie. I'm just curious how they the sparkly vampires that sparkle in the sun were dying from the sun. But because the, it was so much bright. Wait, sparkly vampires? Yes. Yeah. They didn't have enough glitter to protect them from the sun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good guess. I'll just say that. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. try. Okay, breaking down part two. Here, I'll even give you a hint. This one has a creepy ass child with huge eyes. Does that ring any bells for you? This isn't Lord of the Rings, so it's not Smeagol. Oh, you remember that? I'm sure Emily's proud, though. You remember it? Yes. Very proud. Fantasy. Um, I don't know. This little child runs around carrying a bag of garlic saying, My precious! <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I am yeah. proud to say, Matt, you got none of them right, but you were pretty close with a few of them. New I was going to say, there was, thick. like, close... Jacob I mean, was in fact in Twilight, just not as But he a was not a werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. And he was mostly shirt full in that film. Right. It was later films that Unlike he the other shirtless. ones though, when he's not. Yeah. Yes. It's See, true. I but you're knowledge. right about New Moon, it does take place mostly in the woods. Yep. And sad to say there's no eclipse in Eclipse. I remember or, wasn't there a movie where they were like standing and um it was they were standing on one side of hold on i'm picturing a like they're out in the middle of nowhere it's there's some snowy mountains in the background they're standing on snow um yep i think i know which one you're talking about hold on and uh trying not to cough um and uh there's one side that was going that was standing there of um some others they wanted to attack the other side but they didn't because they were trying to believe that a little girl was actually um mortal but also a vampire yeah see look at that you remember quite a bit do you know which one that was though which of the movies number three no that was the last that one was the final one. Oh, oops <laughs> breaking dog well at two. least i got something right yeah but i'm impressed you remembered yeah. quite a bit of that one spot i mean I having mean... written the like summaries for these episodes for these movies movie episodes you got most of it like most of it is nothing happens even in breaking dawn part two nothing happens like the vision of the big fight is a vision that doesn't come to fruition and i rest my case i know everything amazing that might be putting it like taking it a little (laughs) too far but okay can i get everything i can because I got something right. You did. I am impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, listeners, come back for next season's retrospective for another Matt Misremember shit. It's always fun. Indeed. Indeed it is. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I guess this one is where we get to now rate the Twilight films, what everyone's been waiting for. Dun, dun, and no, dun, we can't just have them all Wasn't I supposed to do... Wasn't I supposed to do Matt Misremember stuff about, like, Hotel Transylvania and all those? That was what the game was. I mean, you could if you wanted oh. to. Oh. 
Okay, see, those movies I actually remember. Yeah, that's why it wasn't as fun. That's why we did the Matt Misremembrance about Twilight. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so <laughs> we, we I'm did going talk to go, about I'm going to go find my too. zing now. So we did talk I'm about this off air, so, so another. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Okay. Go find your zing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> what? How they zing in that movie. Oh, and Emily misremembers stuff now. Okay, now we need <laughs> we need a new segment of stuff that Emily is going to misremember, and we're going to have it be like movies like Hotel Transylvania, movies that I know. <laughs> but it has to be like completely out of context references to the movie, and then you've got me. It's true. Okay, yes, I can do that one. <laughs> Remember <laughs> how obscure I am when I play uh, play the, the the group train game. Yes, oh, yes, I, I chaotic, chaotic, chaotic evil. Yep. Yes. That is your alignment for sure. So, well, I guess we, we can't just rank all the films as equally bad. So, ranking the Twilight films from worse to less from worse to least worse, I guess. Um, we have uh, what do you have as your least favorite Twilight film? Breaking Dawn Part One. Same Z's. We could talk about this train wreck. Yeah, there is so much. I mean, it's it's anti-choice propaganda, hundred percent. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's just awful, and it's yeah, yeah. I there's really nothing redeeming about the film for me. It's just really it's bad all around. To, from mm-hmm. like yours talk about the um anti-choice propaganda to like the domestic violence insinuations of like being that bruised and banged up non-consensually mm-hmm. during sex and then having to feel like you have to hide it from him all so sorts of gross things feel bad yeah. yeah so i don't like it and also that baby's eyes another reason <laughs> don't like it yeah that was that was like completely unnecessary cgi right right you have a child at like three ages find a kid it has the right color of hair and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess we're to number four. What did you put here? I put New Moon. Interesting. I put Twilight. Number three. I put Twilight. Oh, now we can talk about Twilight. Yeah. I put this one slightly higher than New Moon. I think mostly because I had seen it before and so was like prepared for it a little bit i mean this was like ridiculous in terms of domestic violence right like this we talked about it during the episode that it is if you need to know the red flags for for domestic violence watch the movie they are all in there edward does them all um but also like there is actually some agency that bella like has a little bit of she actually does some stuff. I mean, nothing happens in the movies. Matt was right. But <laughs> she at least does something. Yeah. I feel like, for me, it was hard for me to get past the domestic violence stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. then also just the baseball scene was a mess. Like, it was fun. But, like, <laughs> it's just so weird. I, this whole movie was weird. I, I, I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um. But my number three is New Moon, so now we can talk about this one as well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, aside from this, everything else is going to be the same because we've yeah. talked about this. But, yeah. So why did you put New Moon at three? I, I like that it's more Jacob 
I guess mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit more al- aligned with Kelsey. Like Jacob isn't great. He's also kind of manipulative and gross, but like he's still better than Jake uh, than Edward. So it's like I like that he's a little bit more at the forefront and yeah. And also we get to learn about the Volturi, so it's a little bit of cool lore they throw in there and just tease us with. Of course, there's no payoff for it later on, but <laughs> at this point, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like New Moon, I liked I liked that there was more Jacob, but it also felt like it was just another person trying to manipulate. And Jacob did it in ways that were more familiar to me than yeah. Edward. Like, I am not a survivor of domestic violence and so like those those pieces are not as like resonant with me but like I have been around people who have acted like Jacob so Mm. it hit me different in a different way and it felt more like Bella did nothing in New Moon and just like intentionally put her life at risk because Edward wasn't around and that is just like such a dangerous message to send as like feminist role model right because yeah. these are feminist books as we talked about in our literature retrospective yeah, no. um yeah guess number two for you eclipse also for me so we can talk about this one what else why did that? we rate this one second best um it didn't have all of the domestic violence red flags <laughs> and wasn't anti-choice propaganda and there's more werewolves so there's like some yeah. like werewolves in the story and like interactions and stuff i like yeah i like the eclipse too especially the end uh fight where we actually get some action with a real vampire fight not a dream vampire fight and <laughs> this one they also like shatter with glass which i kind of like i did like them lore. shattering with glass yeah um so yeah, I, I rank this one pretty high up there. Still, not much happens, but at least something happens. So that's why it's number two, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then our number one least bad pick. <laughs> Yay! We can say it together, even because there's only one left. It's true. Yeah. Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn Part Part two. two. Something almost happens in this one. Right. I like I like that they have like vampires from all over the world who come. I like that there's actually a fight scene, even though it's all just in Alice's head. Mm-hmm. Bella does seem to have the most agency in this one out of any of them That's so true. far, yeah. but it's not a lot still, but there's some. But there's there's more, yeah. Yeah. Um I like that they change from the books that vampires can actually be people of color. Mm-hmm. So listen that to a retrospective on literature for that. I mean, there's still problematic portrayals, but like, yeah, that was in all of the movies though. Cause Laurent. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Again, the like problematic CGI stuff. Yeah. Oh, that page turns at the end. Mm. The credits. The page turns at the end. I mean, the kids still, too. But yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, there you have it, listeners. That was Twilight, um, our official ranking, I guess. Not, I don't think much of a surprise for anyone. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Um, 
before we get into Twilight lore, uh, do you have any like favorite kills or like a moment you want to touch on anything like that? Um, I love when they're in the mountains in the snow because I love mountains and snow. Um, but my favorite kill is kind of a tie. It's either James in the first one mm. when he's killed in the ballet studio or the avatar vampire who controls mm. the elements yeah. um who like opens this giant crevice and everybody just falls into it right those are my two i love it yeah i think my favorite kills are like the deaths of victoria and the others on the mountain and mm. they sparkle and shatter and just nice cinematography there uh yeah and any other favorite moment not really I- i'm glad when they were done I mean that was fun, right? I was waiting watching for it with the y'all for, for river reviews was fun, but yeah, I was waiting for the reason for Breaking Dawn Part Two to be because it was the last one, right? Then they yep. were over. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, vampire lore uh, for Twilight. What did this introduce to the okay lore well, of vampires? An entirely different lore than the other stuff. Because as Stephanie Myers has said, she did no research. So it's just like (laughs) vaguely things that she knew of. Um, So they're pale. They have fangs. Their eyes are red when they're drinking human blood and brown when they're drinking animal blood. And the more thirsty they are, the darker they get, the irises. Um, They're hard as stone and cold as ice. They're creepy when they're the baby <laughs> of a vampire and a human together. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't really get anything on mirrors and reflection really from them, except that they can be in pictures. Um, here, I put this actually so they... They're sparkly. I mean, that's... They sparkle in the sun. You're right. You're right. I forgot to mention that. There it is. Okay. Not ordered. Um, yeah, again, they can drink, they need blood, but it could be human or animal. Um, Mm -hmm. but they're stronger if they drink human blood. Yeah. Um, they don't sleep, apparently. They just watch teenage women while they sleep. Fun. You know, because, yep. Um, sunlight causes them to be, causes them to glitter. Yay. Turns them gay. Turns them queer. It's true. It's true. Although, as Pace pointed out in Eclipse, does it? <laughs> right. There are so many glitterless sunny scenes in this movie. Right. So it's only and that in continues, very like, direct. Through all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's only in very direct sunlight, which also makes it harder to see because they're so pale to begin with. Right. It's hard to tell that it's glittery. Um, they can enter houses uninvited. There's not really like a thing to repel them around repelling them because you wouldn't want to because they're friendly vampires or whatever. <laughs> I guess. I mean, fire does like ignite them immediately when they're dead, but doesn't seem to repel them while they're alive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I didn't I don't recall seeing anybody avoid fire yeah. when alive. Um Therapy. That's what repels them. Yes, therapy. They're repelled by therapy. That that sounds about right. Um, bodily fluids 
Pace, would you like to answer this question? The the films um, kind of gloss over this, but it still is enough in the films to even guess that this is what it is. But apparently every fluid that ven- that vampires have is venom-based. So their tears are venom-based. Their saliva is venom-based and, in fact, is the venom that turns people into vampires. Their ejaculation is venom-based. And that is how we get that half-baby, half-human hybrid that has really weird-ass eyes that are bad CGI. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Pace, for that insight into bodily fluids (laughs) of vampires. Insight into Stephanie Meyer's... uh, come kink yeah yeah exactly um in order to become a vampire you need more than more poison than just a teeny tiny bit in your bloodstream that could be sucked out um (laughs) but once you get enough in it will turn you the debate around vampires and christianity and whether or not they are damned is one that happens throughout the movies because Edward is convinced that they are, and Bella is like, no, how could anyone damn you? You're so damn beautiful. (laughs) Oh, God. That was a good one. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it's also, like, it's unclear, because, like, and Kelsey raised this in the new moon, but, like, does Edward feel that way about vampires being damned because of the social stigma around vampires yeah um they're like they're decidedly dead their hearts don't beat um but it's not yeah nobody knows if they have souls if they're damned there is a point at which like bella's soul is connected to her virtue is connected to like being married before they become vampires like that's how he protects her soul which makes no sense but i think part of it on like a meta level is like by her becoming a vampire and being so resistant against um eating humans like in that one scene how she's instantly Mm -hmm. able to avoid it like she she is able to her virtue is able to extend to edwards also kind of symbolized by her being able to shield edward and other things like that so her virtue is leads her husband to virtue and his soul to being redeemed yeah so not complicated at all right um so then there's superpowers so the general wisdom is most of them have superpowers if not everybody but everybody has different superpowers so um The superpowers that we know of are, like, Emmett is super strong. Edward can (laughs) read minds. Bella, when she becomes a vampire, is a shield. She's also a shield as a human. Um, Carlisle has, like, deep compassion. Um, Alice can see visions of the future. Esme is beautiful. That's right. You heard it here. That's apparently a superpower. Mm-hmm. Jasper can sense and like manipulate people's moods, but there's also other people, right? Like the Avatar vampire can like manipulate wind and earth and water and fire. I'm assuming fire, but I don't know. we didn't actually see that one. Um, 
Jane the pain can cause pain. Right. Her brother can like make it so that you can't move and can't see or hear anything. Um, Renezme can touch you and put a memory into you. Um, and Arrow can touch you and see all of your past thoughts and memories and stuff. Um, yeah, they all have like a whole bunch of different ones, but um, the folks from the Amazon can control what you see to create a scene around you. And also have a built-in soundtrack of jungle noises wherever they go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because racism. Um, yeah, so there are a bunch of different superpowers. Um, yep. They die by, as we've said, getting torn apart, um, which kind of sounds like glass and kind of looks like glass sometimes and sometimes doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. Fire completely tear- destroys them after they use their teeth to tear somebody apart. And dead vampires catch on fat, catch on fire like they're made of pure alcohol. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. Whoosh. Um, oh, and power is, their powers are, like, genetic, apparently, in their DNA. I don't know. It's weird. And apparently, it's, like, some, your power is accentuated when you transform, because it's innate in you when you're a human, too, somehow. Yeah. Um. Like your spiritual gifts, as TJ Chanchel said in the first one. (laughs) Exactly. Um, they have laws. There are vampire laws. Um, but mostly it's keep it secret, keep it, um, unless you want to die by way of the vulture. But then there's also like, don't create armies, especially newborn armies, newborns being vampires within the first year of being turned a vampire. Um, they, there's like vampire mafias, right? There was the Russians and now they're the Italians and yeah. Um, you're not allowed to have immortal vampire children. So you're not. No Claudias. Yeah, no Claudias. <laughs> um, their natural enemy are werewolves. So there, and there's a lot of lore that um, that Stephanie Meyer made up without consulting tribes and ascribed them to the local tribe, the Quileute. Um But we- werewolves are werewolves through their lineage. Um, perhaps blood lineage but like maybe it's genetic maybe it's not but their lineage um and their enemies of a vampire they came about to protect themselves and their tribes from vampires um now here's a piece of lore from the illustrated guide that did not make it into the books mm -hmm. about vampire about werewolves which is apparently the um uh, the apparently jacob and his friends and his tribe are not actually werewolves they are it's a Mm -hmm. spirit guide sort of thing that they are transformed into like further showing um stephanie meyer's inability to grasp native culture and story um Mm -hmm. and just purpose it for our own needs and so where but there are like real werewolves out there too which um have the more traditional only turn to werewolf at moonlight and uh, under full moon and stuff like that but they are almost all extinct because vampires killed almost all of them interesting one of the other things about werewolves is 
if a werewolf imprints on someone, which is a creepy, creepy thing. <laughs> also called a zing, if you're in Hotel Transylvania. Um, then the the one law to rule them all in their culture is no harming someone a werewolf has imprinted on. Which is how one, Jacob protects Renesme, basically. Their one law to rule them all of all the like fifteen laws we heard to rule them all over the course of the series. Yeah. I mean this one's specific to werewolves, but yeah. So it's a little bit different, but yeah. Um and Because I'm pretty sure though that like Jacob said their number one rule was to protect humans from vampires. Like that was like that was a big thing in earlier ones. Yeah. That was one of the they just have, you know, trouble counting. Sonny Myers (laughs) has trouble counting, I guess. Yeah. Um and okay, so the question though is if a wolf imprints, does the person they imprint on automatically love them back? Yes, question mark. Yes, as in, from my understanding of what you shared and Paige shared in the books and um, in the film, what the film says about it, yes. In the illustrated guide, almost always yes, but sometimes they don't. But you, but typically it's like built in that they just happen to always fall in love with the person. So hmm. a little bit of like floundering back on an answer there when the illustrated guide came out a few, like a year after the final film did. And people were creeped out by imprinting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Roll it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's our Twilight lore. Any other highlights particularly from the book? Because the book, we talked about some during our lit retrospective, but... I sadly did not get as much time to finish reading through it as I had wanted to, but... Um, I th- I think we got the main stuff. There is more in there about like getting into the vampire covens or whatever they're called, and explaining their different backstories. Also, we oh, find yeah, out mate. that vampires, yeah, mate for life with somebody of the opposite sex, um, and that's kind of stated explicitly in there as well. So, um, oh, and Stephanie Myers obviously stated pretty explicitly that there are no vampires of color, just tan vampires. Yep. Yep. Which is. Not how the movies portray them. Thankfully, but also not great in the movies either. Yep. Um, yeah, so I do not recommend getting this book. I mean, if if you want to read Twilight, do not give them money. Just use your library. Libraries are underrated. Definitely use your library. That's true. Libraries are underrated. If you really, really don't want to give them money or popularity, then just read it while you're at the library and then return it to its spot so it does not get registered as even having been read. Oh, yeah. Look at that insider secret. You can also um, do that with the... You, well, I don't know if you can, but you might be able to do that with the DVDs. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll quick touch on some of the overarching theological themes, uh, not to really get into, but just to kind of name uh, that these are kind of the stuff we covered. Mm-hmm. over the season um i think the biggest one is vampires are pretty queer uh every single depiction of vampires were pretty queer even Stephanie uh, myers because they yeah. glittered exactly like i guess the only ones that weren't quite as queer coded were 30 days a night but even they were still a little 
mm-hmm. queer. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, drinking somebody else's blood is always going to be queer coded. So right. there's, there's an intimacy to it. Yes, very much. Um, and of course, with that comes a variety of things such as we didn't get into this as much this season, but uh, in one of the films we covered before The Lost Boys, we talked very explicitly. Although I think we talked about Blade as well, about the connection of vampires to HIV AIDS, mm, yeah. and particularly like gay male culture and yep. things like that. Um, and then also with the queer coding is fear of others and stranger. There's a lot of like xenophobia it comes out in racist xenophobic ways but also comes out in this like queer phobic way as well and it's like it's it's xenophobic it's racist it's also very clearly anti-semitic right the semitic portrayals of vampires yeah and that's their connection to the plague which makes sense with the hiv aids queer coding all of that right together and just kind of like these like single older dandy men who are preying on people just as very kind of embedded in culture mm-hmm. uh, related to vampires. So Yeah. With blood though, Eucharistic imagery, lots of mm-hmm. b- blood equals life, blood equals life force, something sacramental. In some films it's explicitly stated that vampires are damned because Eucharist is a perversion I mean, because drinking human blood is a perversion of the Eucharist. So that's um, related yeah. to that. Sometimes they even drink out of cups, though. Yep. Like that super... was fun. Like, interview with a vampire drinking out their crystal chalice. Yeah. Wait till one of the movies comes out where they're drinking out of red solo cups. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think they do a little bit in... Um what we do in the shadows the tv show they probably did yeah i love it yeah that sounds familiar um so racism is huge yeah as a topic um particularly in the twilight movies because stephanie myers is so racist and writes such a racist story and those are especially like anti-indigenous like there's talk about treaties there's really like the way that she depicts native tribes and um, regurgitates makes, which is actually not regurgitates makes up lore Mm -hmm. about them. Um, The tribes that she says are actually are like the tribe in South America that she names is actually from like inland Amazon. And yet somehow these folks are on the coast, like, sailing out to island to an island off the coast to clean the house of a vampire like a whole bunch of racism there yep and i mean it's kind of connected as you mentioned earlier to like vampires in general from nosferatu their earliest existing on-screen portrayal being very anti-semitic purposely anti-semitic and it's portrayal of the vampire Mm -hmm. to things like vampires being connected to the romani people or romani curse or something like that i mean it sadly is just very pervasive in vampire uh lore in general i think yeah it is true i mean even interview of the vampire louis was a fucking slave owner i mean come on right and that was fine he was fine with that he just didn't want to like drink people's blood right um also 
the the theme of like death and resurrection and how that connects to messianic tropes kind of comes up again inherently when you have people coming back from the dead mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. Yeah. Especially I think interview with a vampire did that. Yeah. With Louis's conversion. Definitely. And like in the graveyard when he saw the statue of the angel move and stuff, yeah. Um one thing though that so many of the films I thought did pretty like is pretty intriguing is like we talk a lot about the racism embedded in language especially around light and dark and stuff like that especially in like how that has been used from biblical texts to think do things like justify slavery all the rate lightness with holiness all that stuff and so vampire films many of them just have these beautiful like portrayals of darkness as this holy thing this good thing this erotic thing this like fun thing this place of possibility just the ways they talk about darkness i'm thinking especially interview the vampire did this a lot um daughters of darkness did this a lot i think even the first dracula film 1931 did this yeah yeah there's there's this mystery about the darkness that's beautiful yeah there's hmm. also obviously, and we talk about this mostly with Breaking Down Part One, but the anti-choice propaganda in the Twilight series um, is horrible, and I had no idea until we were watching it this time, and I was like, and I think that like I hadn't seen that movie yet, I don't think, but yeah, yeah, Susanna pointed it out, and it was just like, oh, yup, again and again yep. and again, it was bad. For real, for real. And also, I just love um, just a quick shout out to our Twilight episode one more time with TJ Tranchel and going so deep into mm. the LDS Mormon yes. theology of that kind of, and it's something we keep going back to throughout the entire Twilight franchise is just like how much that seems to be inspired by LDS Mormon theology. And yeah. TJ did such a great job of pointing that out. So such yeah. a fun conversation. TJ was fantastic help with that. All of our guests this season, too. Y'all were so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, like, shout out to all of them. Like, Brenda. Oh, my God. We had a bishop on. <laughs> I know. And we had her on. And then she came back to help us with our transitions. <laughs> right. I love it. I'm and assuming by had... now that episode is out. I hope so. This is my week behind the scenes for editing before other things. So. We're going to try to get all of this done. Um, but yeah, Lenny was great. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. I, I, I know if I, if I'm going to go through them, I'm going to forget people. But Alex, yes, thank you. No, I can go through them because I have the list of all of the oh sweet episodes, right. So we did Dracula, but Daughters of Darkness with Brenda. Uh, with Brenda, interview with the vampire with Alex Raby, Blade with Lenny Duncan, and Hotel Transylvania with Justin Thornburg, and then it was just us for Thirty Days of Night. And for what we do in yeah. the shadows, Vampirina, we did have a guest. We had Stephanie yep. and Lily as guests. Um, yep. And we had Kelsey for New Moon. Well, we had we had TJ for Twilight. Yeah. And then Kelsey for New Moon, Kelsey Brown for New Moon, um, and Susanna Porter for Breaking Dawn Part One. Yep. And then on also on Patreon we had Jenny Crean, Steve Simpson, and Abel Arroyo Traverso for um our vampire hunter d two-part stuff on patreon only that was really fun mm-hmm. and 
um, we have a few upcoming with you and Susanna. Yeah, I'm looking Susanna forward to. And, and we had Paige also yes. for our retrospective. Yep. Yeah. Paige Stouffer. So a lot of great guests this season. Indeed. Um, it's been a really fun season. I enjoyed it. Really it really has. I'm sad it's over. I, I mean, this is not the last one we're recording. We still have a few things for Patreon to record. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to those yet. But still, it's a little bittersweet getting to this episode, knowing that the season's um winding down yeah but thank but you listeners is yeah for all of this and thank you emily for being my co-host and for being a future co-host for other quote-unquote mini seasons anytime happy to be Yay. spooktacular with you love it we're unbelievably awesome yeah, to quote yeah. our shirt <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah stay tuned we're coming back season four uh i'm thinking it's gonna probably start in september uh nightmare on elm street is what i want to cover for that and Mm. so that'll be the main franchise hopefully and then we'll have one-offs in between like we've done for past seasons like we'll we're gonna have to do hocus pocus too because that's coming on disney plus in september yes and Halloween ends is also coming out. Shout out shout out for Hocus Pocus 2 that it is likely to be nerds at yes. church. So I will probably be back yep. plus K. Roll off my nerds at so church. So fun. Um, yeah, definitely go back. Like in the meantime, since it's going to be a few months, if you want to go back and listen to some of our episodes, we have some great ones like our Hocus yeah. Pocus episode uh, with nerds at church. And I want to go back and watch back. the mummy one because – People keep yes. talking about mummy, the mummy now, and so now I'm like, okay. I think I'll go it's back on HBO it. Max still. It's okay. really good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So definitely. And check. also, we're gonna keep, even though we're going away for the main feed, we still have a, at least two episodes a month coming out on Patreon. I already mentioned that Emily and Susanna will be taking over a little bit over the summer for those, um, but at the time of this recording, hopefully, Emily and I. I, at the time this comes out, hopefully you and I will have mostly paced. We'll have caught up for yeah. We still the Patreon have stuff. at least one more that we have to do together, you and me. Yeah, two, two, Blade Two, and what we do in the shadows of the TV show. Right. Yes, we've watched all of what the what we do in the shadows TV show yes. episodes. We just need to record. Yep, and yep. we still have a polyamory episode to record which is already scheduled. And then one more, which is going to wait till a little bit, but those are still coming out too on the main feed. Um, They kind of got a little bit delayed with Matt's end of the semester wildness and paces working at the Senate. I guess I can say it now because it's happened. Um, So I'm not allowed to be public about it, but I worked at the Senate for the, um, for the hearing for now justice Katanji Brown Jackson. So that was a wild month and a half or so. That was a busy month. Yep. Yep. We thank you all, listeners. This has been a lot of fun, and we'll be back soon. Yes. Uh, Well, that's it for our season. Um, Our theme music was by Matt Warfield May, who, along with me, edited this episode. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Support us on Patreon and get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, Bluetooth episodes, and more bonus content by going to patreon.com slash horrornerdsatchurch. It's only $5 to sign up, much cheaper than the... I don't have anything good here. Do you have anything good here? I don't know. Yes. 
Ooh, yeah, Ooh. go Matt. Is better than your favorite overpriced gasoline. Yes, <laughs> it is actually right now. about a gallon of gas right now. Yep. <laughs> it's cheaper than a gallon of gas as of the time of recording this in many places. Yep. Um, uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Horror Nerds at Church, and Twitter at HNAC pod for all the latest updates about upcoming films news and other announcements we'll be back with season four sometime in the fall until next time impaled is an obnoxious way to say you're a top glad we get it you're a top (laughs) i love it